Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I am your host, Adam Cousins. And as you can probably tell from our backgrounds, today it is AEW Dynamite Review Show. And of course, that means only one thing. Our dynamite man, Dave DMD, fresh from doing his first, probably last, rampage review. Not really. I'm just messing. Dave, yeah, so that's that's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that was good, man. How are you anyway? <clears throat> really good, really good. Uh, enjoyed enjoyed the show in terms of dynamite. It was a great, great show, and I can't wait to start talking about it. Yes, I will. I will wholeheartedly agree. But before we do that, as always, there's been a couple of bits of news uh, in AEW land. We'll start with the kind of negative. I like to get it out of the way first off. Uh, and that was Collision's ticket sales. Um, obviously, they announced CM Punk last week. Uh, he moved a lot of tickets for the Chicago show, which is good. They opened up a new deck, which was great. We'll talk about the main event later on because that has been announced on Dynamite. They go to Canada, I think, the week as they start Forbidden Door. And I think, they've got, uh, I think they're doing a whole tour or a whole ring of Canada Canadian events. And they... They sold about a hundred tickets since his mm. announcement. Is that a concern? Do you think, or is it just a case of perhaps when they get closer to the time they will start shifting them? Yeah, I think they will. They always do kind of giveaways and promotions and stuff that you don't want a, a wrestling crowd just full of people like uh, pick the ticket up for free. Like those areas, I'm not too familiar. Is one called Regina? I think so. Ontario, um, I think, is where. Uh, Ontario is one. So I'm not sure um, what the kind of... I thought Canada was a country that absolutely loved wrestling. Mm. Um, you know, we saw some mad, really, um, you know, huge crowds in Canada, really kind of vociferous, chanting. They're a bit like a UK crowd at yeah. times, you know. They used to call it Bizarro Land, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, because they, yeah, they'd cheer the, the heels and boo the faces. Um so I'm not sure what's going on with that. It is it is just a little bit concerning. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like reevaluating what our expectations are from, from a wrestling company, I suppose. You know, what is good and what's bad. You know, yeah. if you were talking to some of the WCW guys or ECW guys, a show with 2,000 tickets, that's a big show. You know, that's a success. So I think AEW at times can be a victim of their own success. So they can do this 20,000 at Arthur Ashe. They can do this Wembley Stadium. So they set a really high bar. Mm. So in, in areas where the ticket sales haven't gone so well or they're a bit slow, um, then it, it seems a little bit more alarming than it is. So I'm sure nearer the date that they, they will shift some more tickets. And when more matches start being announced for the shows, um, they'll get more people to commit. Yeah, I think so as well. He just he just looks a bit after announcing Punk. You would you would have expected maybe a few more. You know. Yeah, maybe they expected a bit more of an uplift as well. Um, <laughs> and there's a few more stuff. I, I think on Collision we're going to have some surprises as well. There's going to yeah. be some returns. There's going to be some people we haven't seen for a while. And maybe once we've got those surprises, they'll start announcing more matches for the for the Canada shows. You know, your Miros, your Andrades. You know, people like that that we haven't seen for a while. Yeah, I hope so. Anyway, that was the, that was the relatively disappointing news. But let's talk. Let's talk the good news before we start dynamite. Forbidden door. 
Um, you you text me at the weekend. Uh, you'd watch Dominion or you'd watched a bit of Dominion. Uh, yeah. And they had two absolute blockbusters. I'm not going to say the first word that mess that I said to you when you messaged me back, but there was something along the lines of "Take my <clears throat> money." Um, yeah. They sold twelve thousand tickets in Canada for a show with no matches. So the two matches that they announced, just for you guys at home, if you don't know, one of them is uh, Danielson versus Okada. And the second one is the New Japan IWGP, I'm oh, sorry, the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match between uh, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. <laughs> why did they not just think, well, not say why, because that's wrong. It's great that they sold tickets. They've only got about 200 left. They could have double filled that stadium, couldn't they, with those two announcements alone? I think so. They're, they're like two of the biggest matches in wrestling, as far as I'm concerned, you know, particularly outside of the WWE. Um, yeah, I was so excited when I saw it because, um, like, they kind of been announcing it a few times. You know, there's a few different news sources been announcing it, but yeah, yeah it was Dominion. It was confirmed. Um, because the winner of the Osprey Lance Archer match went on to face Os- um, Kenny Omega. Yeah. So Osprey went over in that. And then at the end of the match, for anybody that didn't see my Rampage review, when I t- said what happened, um, Moxley grabbed the mic. He pointed to the screen, um, told Okada, Daniel had a message for him, did the match, did the challenge, and then Okada accepted there, accepted there and then. So that's when I messaged you. I was just like so excited that we had that confirmation. But now all the graphics are out and they'll start uh, promoting the show a bit more. And yeah, I'm still just as excited as I was when they announced it. They're going to be so good, those matches. And I know, like, obviously, AEW has its own sort of main pay-per-view. We couldn't quite remember when we was talking the other day when we wanted to team what one it was. This feels like, to me, and the last one was good, but this feels like, to me, like it's their WrestleMania. In terms of, like, do you remember what WrestleMania used to be like? If you go back to 10, 20 years, it used to be dream match, dream match, dream match, yes. dream match. This has the feelings of that. Yeah. WrestleMania now, and I love WrestleMania. You know, I, I don't miss WrestleMania. I don't miss many WWE pay-per-views, to be honest, these days. Um, but WrestleMania, it is more of a spectacle as well. Um, yeah. You know, you've got a lot of entertainment stuff. You've got a lot of celebrities that are more involved. Um, so, yeah, going back to what you said about how WrestleMania used to be. Yeah, you used to have like eight, nine matches on the card and they were all bangers, you know, they were all, but they were tended to be one-on-one matches or, mm. you know, predominantly one-on-one matches. So, yeah, it does it does have that kind of feel to it, like a wrestling super show rather yeah. than oh, just WrestleMania. You could just say it's an overall sports and entertainment spectacular show, you know, whereas this is more of a wrestling, yeah, you know, for for fanatics, for casual fans, for long term fans, you know, if you love wrestling, you're going to love that show. Yeah, I'm. I certainly cannot wait for it. At the end of the month, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I think it falls the weekend before Money in the Bank and uh, SmackDown in the UK. Anyway, if you're international yeah. viewers, so that's good. Right, let's get down to business. Dynamite. Oh, and what a surprise, Dave! The start of Dynamite. Guess who it is? Um, ah, mate. <laughs> Our good mate Orange starts. Now, last week, we spoke on this show because it was already announced that he was going to take on Swerve Strickland last week. And the first thing we said was, obviously, take my money. And we both sat there and went, it's going to be a great match. And we think this Swerve Strickland's going to come out on top. We got one of those right. 
the match was pay-per-view quality, in my opinion. Right. I, I don't get me wrong, I didn't doubt it wasn't going to be, but I think it still exceeded my expectations to what I thought. What I liked about it the most is there wasn't a lot of interference by the mobile affiliation in, in the match. There was a little bit here and there, but it, it didn't, you know, it, it wasn't just too much. Sometimes I think you can get too much interference when you've got guys at ringside. It was minimal. The match was quality. There was near full after near full. You, they were hitting their finishes and they were kicking out 2.99. So on. There was so much action in this. And or Orange finds his way. Uh, I think he counted a roll up. Oh, the Strickland rolled him up, hooked the tights. He kicked out, rolled him up, hooked the tights. One, two, three. He wins. Uh, just at the end, quickly before I over to you, they beat him down. Sting and Darby Allen come out to make the save. But that, as I said, Dave, that match, pay per view quality. <clears throat> so good. So good. We need to start getting Orange's Pyro for the start of the podcast. The little. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Um, mate. Uh, I was so conflicted watching this. Yeah. I've loved Orange's title run. And mm. there's a huge part of me that didn't want it to end, you know, yeah. because we guaranteed these these top matches. You know, you turn Dynamite on, chances are you're going to open up with an Orange Cassidy match and it's going to yeah. be a great match and he's going to find a way to keep the title. And it doesn't feel to me, even 24 defences in, it doesn't seem stale to me. It still seems yeah. really fresh. Yeah. Um, and I love Swerve Strickland, as you know. Uh, yeah. I always talk about Swerve on the podcast. He's beefed up a bit as well, and mm. he, he looks very, he really looks like a main event star. Um, so I wanted I wanted him to win as well. Yeah. So I love the way they did it. I love the way they ended it. The fact that Swerve tried to pull the tights, and then Orange kind of beat him at his own game. That type of finish um, means to me that there's going to be another match. You know, it's not done yet. There'll be, there. you know, there's unfinished business there. I think they're going to go for a multi-man match next, but it wouldn't be surprised if we end up with Orange and, and Swerve again one-on-one -on -one for the belt at some point. But some of the some of the spots in this match, you know, it's yeah. just, I'm so impressed. These I've watched wrestling for 30 years, pretty much. And yeah. when they do stuff in matches that I've never seen before, I'm always amazed because you kind of think of a wrestling fan of that amount of time that you've seen it all. You know, they yeah. can't pull anything out that you haven't seen. But the spot when they Orange was on Swerve's shoulders and they rolled over the top rope and they landed on the outside and Orange was still on Swerve's shoulders and then they went into a hurricane. It was just epic, mate. So great match. Um, I'm looking forward to the rematch, which I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to get at some point. Yeah, we certainly will. We, that, I mean, again, the way they started was... It was a strong start, and I think that paved the way for the rest of the show. So let the, the next part, um, Danielson comes out on commentary, and we start with BCC and Chaos. Now, originally, I was said to myself, "Why are they taking on Chaos?" And then it, and then they mentioned it on commentary because I, you know, me, me I, like, I like things to make storyline sense. Yes, and it did. Yeah, they are basically Okada's running boys in Japan. Yeah, and that's why. The BCC took them on. So once the commentators said that, I kind of was like, oh, okay, fine. I could again we look at this. I mean, it, it but the BCC right now are the best things going on uh on dynamite. Certainly one of the best things going, or the best, the definitely the best faction. Yeah. Game. They've got three guys there, Moxley, uh, Claudio, and, and Utah, who are fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Um the match itself, I think it done exactly what it needed to do. There was, again, there's some really close near falls in this, considering, you know, 
people would have expected the combat club to go over, which they did. But I think for, from our opponent's perspective, that was probably their best opponents. I think they've, I mean, the elite, you know, are on another level, but in terms of, you know, they, they could have gone against Dark Order and absolutely annihilated them. But I think from this match, the three guys of chaos were just absolutely ideal for the combat club on this. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You say so we've seen, um, we've seen Rocky Romero in the past. Yeah. We've seen him team with, with, uh, Trent as Rapungi Voice, because that was their tag team in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've we've had Ishii as well. I think he's team yeah. with Orange Cassidy. But yeah. for new fans, particularly fans in the last six months, by perhaps yeah. a year, they wouldn't have known that. So as you yeah. said, the commentators did a great job of explaining why it made sense. And it was yeah. essentially Daniel's faction, Danielson's faction against Okada's faction. Yeah. Um they're they're kind of the core. There's a lot of members of chaos. I didn't realize how many there are, but you've got Chris Statlander in there as well. You've got Leo Rush. You've got um, Ishii, as I said, Yoshihashi as well. Um, So it's kind of a a bigger faction, but now we're getting towards Forbidden Door. There's going to be more and more of that, you know, introducing some of the New Japan Mm -hmm. factions and and people that we're not as familiar with. So I thought this job did a great a couple of things. It, it extended the storyline and made perfect sense for Okada and Danielson. Yeah. So, so it serves a bigger purpose in terms of the overall event coming up with Forbindal. Yeah, he said, I said, I thought the match was really good. Blackboard Combat Club obviously picked up the winners everyone would have expected. I don't think that yeah. was ever in any doubt. They are, as I said, I think they I think one of they are one of the best factions at the moment in, in wrestling, not just um 100%. Um so we go to the back at this point. Uh, now I thought I thought Excalibur had said this wrong um, when, uh, initially because he said that they're going to the back uh, and they're gonna get the hear from the hung bucks. And, and I was like, did he just say that wrong? And then I realised it was Adam Page with the young bucks, and then it made sense. Um, they basically challenged the BCC to a match next week. Um, there's gonna be no Omega. I'm gonna have a go at this. No Tekeshita. Is that good? Oh, that, that'll do. That'll do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there acceptable. you go. I'm getting better. Um, three on three match next week uh, in Washington, which is where the first dynamite was held, right? I'm yeah. yeah, right. That's right. Uh, and that's accepted. So that's going on next week. So that was a match book for next week during that show. Danielson accepted straight away on commentary. Should be another really good match. I am guessing next week they're going to end up with a five on three beatdown. Out comes Omega, out comes Ibushi. That's yeah. my thing. That's what I'm predicting. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. Yeah, well, first and foremost, it's going to be a great match. Yes. Again, you know, as you say, BCC, arguably the best thing on Dynamite, as you say, one of the strongest factions in all of wrestling. Um, again, not stale in any way, shape or form. Um, I think, as you say, if we lead into the five and five, Takeshita will be involved. But there's so much more to, to happen in this storyline, I feel. I feel there's so much potential with guys that perhaps Don Callis decides to bring in as well. Yeah. Um, but the last we heard about Omega was on Dynamite last week, and he had gone home. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't gone home in terms of to Canada. He'd no. gone to his former home, which was Japan. Yeah. So that was what they insinuated. <clears throat> and obviously he was in the tag team with Ibushi, the Golden Lovers. You could well be right. I think he's a free agent. There was some, he left New Japan and it wasn't all, there was some, something that happened. They didn't end on good terms. Right. 
So there was talk of him going to AEW for a while, and he said that he wanted to go to AEW. Um, but hopefully they've sorted any issues out which to allow Ibushi to work the show that featured New Japan and AEW, and it wouldn't cause any any issues with the business relationship. Yeah. Because <clears throat> uh, obviously there's a lot of politics involved, you know, in wrestling. So I'm sure Tony Khan wouldn't want to um, have severed the relationship with New Japan over one wrestler, but I, I'm pretty sure they've they've sorted that out now. So I don't think he needs any more... Uh... <laughs> Any more stuff on his plate? Like don't need any drama, No, any more drama. Um, Just quickly before we move on too far, that match with the BCC, um, I, I have to mention the moonsault when Claudia yes. did the uppercut off yeah. the back of that. I mean, yeah. that again, what the timing involved to pull that off is impeccable. Well, we just say it about Claudio, he doesn't put a foot wrong, he's no. just such I don't know, I don't know, even at this point, we can we say underrated. Um, because everybody kind of knows how good he is, good he yeah. is. Um, but we kind of take him for granted at times. You know, he just goes out there and he has a great match, and it's just it's yeah. Claudio. He has a great match, but yeah, I just wanted to point out that 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 individual move because I just thought that was so impressive. That was on his way to the end of the match, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just perfect timing. Um, before we move on, when are they going to do Love and Guts? Are they going to save this for Wembley? Oh, possibly. Way, but I'm just you're saying there's quite more to the story that you think to be told. So could they hang this out to Wembley? It's not yeah. gonna happen, sorry, it's not gonna happen at Forbidden Door, is it? Because Omega's fighting Osprey. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not gonna happen there. Last time Blood and Goods happened on a dynamite. So okay. it, they may well do that. There's talk of a women's blood and guts though as well, isn't there? Yeah, with uh, with the outcast. So yeah. yeah, maybe if they bring in the cage over or they're getting that here, they will do both matches at Wembley. That yeah. that's certainly uh, got potential. Or maybe they book all the dream kind of matches at, at all in, and they have it at Blood and Guts the week after at all out because oh, there's, yeah. there's two pay per views there back to back. So you've got to have enough going on. Mm. That you're not just booking rematches for all out. You've got to have you know some some one on one matches with those guys involved because you would imagine the the majority of the wrestlers that appear on all in will be on all out, but you don't want them doing the same thing. So that could be something. I mean, where are we now? Uh, middle of June. We're about two and a half months. Yeah. So it's a it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because as you say, like I say, <laughs> Don Callis has said that. Um, he'll be bringing more people in, or he said it's his family. So that suggests that there's going to be more involved than Takeshita. So, yeah, it, it's fascinating. I'll be I'll, I'll really kind of into this storyline. I think they've done a, a much better job in recent times of telling yeah. better stories in AEW, and this is one of my favourite. Yeah, this is definitely one of the better ones uh, for me. Um, in the next bit, MJF comes out. Practically shits on the crowd, which was never a big issue. <laughs> It's just saying a line like your mum's all swallow or something stupid like that. Yeah, we took that out, yeah. Um, and Adam Cole comes out. Um, I think, now, you, people can say Punk and MJF's promo was good. I like this better because yeah. there were, MJF was MJF. That I mean, he mentioned things like Vince not liking Adam Cole, didn't want Adam Cole to be successful, how fragile his body is, Britt Baker. He mentioned that he was going to be Keith Lee's manager, which was the thing in WWE that was potentially going to happen. But then Cole actually kind of eviscerated, it was a big word, uh, MJF 
but we're not necessarily doing too much in the way of like you know um saying how we said like you know you, you couldn't hold a, you couldn't hold a relationship down your fiance left you but basically in another word saying adam cole's going to make you basically um yeah. i thought this promo and it's led to a world title eliminator next week on dynamite from washington I thought this is the best promo I've seen. I don't recall a better one on Dynamite that I can remember anyway. The, yeah. Uh, so my thoughts on MJF, and they said he was kind of contractually obligated to appear this yes. week at Dynamite. And and I've been having this feeling for a while that I'm, that I'm kind of done with his title reign. Um, mm-hmm. Because of his lack of wrestling, basically, his lack, yep. lack of appearing, um, not being in a, a proper feud as such, you know, yeah. and, and element of the Fatal 4-Way and the build, the build to the Fatal 4-Way, not the match itself, yeah. was kind of comedy spots and stuff, yeah. and they were doing bits with Sammy, and, you know, uh, and I just don't think that's kind of befitting of a world champion at times, you mm. know, or, or the world champ, the world champion should be the top guy in the company, whether he's a yeah. face or whether he's a heel. You know, they should be, the, it should be the be all and end all. You know, and it hasn't felt as special as some of the stuff that's happening with the BCC or or even some of the the lower feuds at times because he had, it wasn't really a feud, was he? It was just yeah. a a way to get to a fight or four way so they could have this four pillar match. This though, this is where MJF excels on the microphone and he yeah. did more for Adam Cole than than AEW have since he's come in from NXT. I thought he did such a great job of not only telling his backstory, but yeah. really kind of elevating Adam Cole. And he looked like a top guy. He sounds like a top guy. Jungle Boy and uh, Darby should be watching that promo. Uh, that Adam Cole cut and said, right, that <clears> is <throat> that is where we've got to go. That's where we've got to take it. You know, I don't yeah. want to criticise them too much for the promos previously, but we talked about them. They weren't great at times. No. This is how you, this is how you start a kind of main event feud for the world title. You know, them going head to head. And even though they were standing there face to face, you know, it, it felt it had a big feel, big fight feel to it. Um, and like you say, MJF tried to rip him apart uh, and, he, and he said a lot of things and he went on a little bit too long, maybe. Maybe like my yeah, answer maybe. to this, maybe not my answer to your question. <laughs> but um, but what they got at the end and it led to the challenge uh, uh, and the match was announced later on for next week. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a great segment. Really good, solid pro. I love that. Um, went backstage, Hardy Boys in for Page. Practically, Hardy Boys are going to teach Ethan Page the way forward, which, okay, fine. We'll see how that pans out. Yeah. Uh, Jungle Hook was next. Uh, Joe Jungle Boy Jack Perry um, against now. I'm not even going to try, but it's LFI, right? That'll do. That'll do, right? LFI. Um, I must be, when I first when I first saw this, I was like, okay, I, I wasn't that interested. Within five minutes of the match starting, I was all over it because yeah. I, I, I didn't know. Good, yeah, I didn't know how good Preston Vance was for mm-hmm. stars. I think he may have bled the hard way during the table spot. Or no, spot with a chain. It was the chain, yeah. It was yeah, like 
similar to a phenomenal forearm, wasn't it? From Hook, he wrapped he wrapped the chain round, he dived off and punched him in the top of the head. Yeah, and it, it made a, a nasty noise at the time. And I was like, oh, that sounds a bit, you know. And then you next shot of him, he's absolutely like, you know, his face is like tomato sauce. It's all over. Yeah, like, yeah. So it, was like, it was like you put ketchup on your fry up, you know. It's the the like... proverbial crimson mask, as Joe, I would say. <laughs> the old crimson mass, yeah. Um, they had, I think the table spot as well may have gone a bit wrong when Hook... Did he do the suplex or he done something through the table? Looks like he got one and not the other. Yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, undercooked it a little bit. As you mm. say, one of the tables they went through, but I think they were aiming for like the middle to take out both yeah. tables and cushion both of them going down because it was more of a suplex, wasn't it? It's interesting like enough. Yeah, he nearly slipped during one on. There was water that was uh, on the uh, mats outside. Yeah, I, thought, I didn't know if it was water or blood. Could have been either or, to yeah, be fair. Yeah. Um, but he slipped on that one. He just about got it. And I think it was it was it the other member of LFI. Yeah, it's really sticker. That was the man. Um he, he just he just got that one. I mean, it was he just tucked his head and touch and go for a minute. But he no, I mean, not saying he botched anything, it was just the, the moves, you know, the moves were the moves, and he, he slipped on the water and he, again he may have overcooked that one slightly and undercooked the one during the table. Matters not. Um uh, Hook and uh, Joe Jungle Hook uh, won the match. Um, I just thought it was a violent, whether it should have, whether it was meant to be violent or not, nothing. But it made me look at LFI in a different light. I, I now look at, especially Preston Vance, he really impressed me. Are they going to be heading to c- collision? Because I remember just said to you last week, we're seeing these guys that we haven't seen in a while. We've done it. There was a you know the match even earlier on in the in the show, showcase people that we hadn't seen like Chaos, we hadn't seen in a while. Fair enough, it was a storyline purpose, but yeah, somebody's getting ready to move to the Saturday Collision show. I think so, yeah. And it's really exciting, you know, as we spoke about previously, guys that perhaps haven't had as many opportunities and are thrust into the limelight and putting big matches on Dynamite and they've mm. delivered. As you say, Preston Van's probably like uh, performance of the week in terms of, um, you know, he, he was absolutely yeah. excellent. And like you said, when this, this match started and it went outside and stuff, I kind of thought, oh, right, I'm not sure. Exactly the same as you. I'm not sure about this. Just quickly to, to go off point for a second. When I used to play wrestling games when I was younger, you had the ability on the games to do a tornado tag, right? And it was all four men in the ring at the same time. But they never do it. Or they don't do it very often in real life. And I kind of realise now that it's so difficult to have two things going on, you know, two yeah. fights. One was going in the crowd, obviously, yeah. one going on in the ring and trying not to miss anything going back and forward. But I think they did pretty well in terms of the production of the match. Mm. Um, some cool spots with it, with a bin as well, yeah. the table spot, the blood. Um, really, really good match. You know, I like LFI. I like yeah. uh, I like Jose as their kind of manager that sometimes gets involved and he, he can got, bump uh, red rum, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can he can take a bump as well and he can sell pretty well. Um, you've got Roosh, obviously that we haven't seen for a couple of weeks, um, but same as Andrade. You know, Andrade is in this faction or was in this faction. I've heard nothing to hear that he's not anymore. So I think they could be a real force going forward. You know, I don't think they, I don't think they looked too bad in defeat in no. this match. You know, they gave a good account of themselves. 
They did. They got they, they got booked strong in that match. I must say, the other thing about the tornado tag you have to remember, guys, is that the pinfall has to be done inside the ring. So when they were fighting outside the ring, they couldn't get the pinfall. And there was obviously no count out, no disqualification because of tornado tags. If you yeah. was wondering why they was using chains, tables, and bins, and Christ knows what else, no DQ. Yeah. No as, a, as I say, maybe my younger self didn't fully understand the, the bigger <laughs> picture and pr- producing a wrestling show. But I think it, as an occasional match, you wouldn't want this type of stuff week in, week no. out. But just as an occasional match, something a little bit different, it's definitely got a place. Oh, definitely. definitely. I, I totally agree. Um, Tony Khan was next. Now, it seems to be an announcement a week at the minute, which, you know, as long as it's a good announcement, I don't really care. Um, this was the main event for the Collision the collision debut show in a couple of next Saturday. Um, and the, the words I used earlier on when I said, take my effing money, was literally exactly what I said when he announced this. The main event for uh, Collision, and um, it's Saturday week is Bullet Club Gold, Juice Robinson, Jay White, and Samoa Joe versus FTR and hometown boy CM Punk. Um, is this so? Do you now think? I mean, obviously, what were your thoughts when that was announced? And secondly, are we now going to see Bullet Club Gold go for tag titles and then obviously Samoa Joe enter a program with uh, CM Punk? Yeah, so like you say about the, the the weekly announcements, I'm sure there's better ways of doing this. But maybe maybe there's some value. Maybe some people, when they hear Tony Khan's got an announcement, that's one of the things they tune in for. You know, who am I to say? Uh, I would have liked this six man as much as this six man. I'm really enjoying. You know, I'm going to really enjoy it, and it's going to be a great match. I think they could have built it slightly differently. We had that kind of coming together of FTR and Bullet Club Gold last week. Mm-hmm. Um, are we're going to get onto the main event, so I won't mm-hmm. get too far ahead of ourselves. But the people kind of appeared in that that may play into that situation and that match on collision, perhaps, mm-hmm. or there might be some new members of the Bullet Club, um, and it might be a way uh, of kind of doing that and going after the tag team titles. But you know, I've, yeah, I, I'm not going to criticize it too much because I, I, I love that. I love the match. I love the you know the trios match. It's going to be great. Could they have perhaps done something with Samoa Joe, though, to promote it? Could they have even had Punk on the screen, you know, setting out a challenge or, or you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. Because Samoa Joe and Bullet Club, like, where's that come from? Yeah. You know, there, there's no, they've just been like, those three guys are going to take on. We know the history of FTR and Punk, and they've had a six-man match in AW before. Yeah. But I don't, yeah, I, th- I think there was a better way of getting to this point, but you know, as long as it's a good match, I won't complain too much. And as, as you said the other week, they won't have to bring Punk out at the start now if they don't want yeah, to. He can be kept it. right till the end. Because, you know, it's obviously going to be the main event. Okay, so I've tried it once and I've got it oh, it's pretty well. I've got to try it again now. Uh, next up, uh, Takeshi. Um, Not as good as your first time, but oh, better than a few weeks ago, mate. Okay. Um, it was a nothing match. I think it was three moves done. Uh, on the big screen, they kept playing Don Callis turning on Omega, which I thought was great. Um, yeah. A lot of FU Callis chants uh, yeah. from the crowd, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, and he basically just kept on about how he's going to destroy Kenny Omega. And, and then and the Elite were nothing without him. Yeah, um, Great job of getting the point over. Still got nuclear heat and rolls on nicely for next week. 
Yeah, and, and that's that's a good thing of Takeshita at the minute. He's got no entrance music. He's seemingly not going to use the entrance music he was using previously. But that really amplifies the booze when they come out. Yeah. Because as you say, Callis, they hate him and they love to hate him. They love to to kind of start booing him. And, yeah. and, you know, it seems to have a bit of a chain reaction throughout the crowd. And every yeah. time he speaks, they're just all over him. Um, so, yeah, this, you know, this made Takeshita look good. I, I don't did you catch the name of the guy he was up against? Some some ace, I think, Dev, Devlin Ace or something like Diamond that. Ace. Diamond Ace, yeah. So it was a squash match, essentially, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but I think the bigger purpose was to get Don on the mic again and, and try and carry on some of that momentum from last week in terms of the heat that he got, and, and that definitely continued this week. It certainly did. And uh, next week we'll find out uh, what happens because obviously they're going to, well, he's obviously going to be a part of the main event next week, even if he's not actually in it. Um, yes. They'll play a part in it. Uh, we go backstage next. Uh, Christian Cage wants a word of everybody. And as uh, I think it was Mar- was it Alex Marvez? Yeah. yeah. He, he was there, knocked on his door. You could hear something going on uh, in his locker room. Christian stepped out, basically said, you know, on Anson cost him the match, uh, a double on, I think. So he's going to take something from him. Luchasaurus was behind him. They walk off. They walk in, and Brock Anderson's there with a little bump on his head. It looks like. Did, they, do you think on this one? <laughs> it served its purpose, right? And, and like, I just wanted them to go in there, and I think you saw these chairs everywhere, and he's just got like a paper cut on his head. Oh, man. Do you not think it should have been like a like a Preston Vance style, covered in blood, because it sounded like they were murdering him. And then it just sounded like he's got, or even worse, he's got like nappy rash on his head. Yeah, yeah. This could have been done so much better, and it's frustrating. It's. Re- <laughs> I would love if they set it up, you know, the scene in Jurassic Park when uh, the goat he's standing in the T Rex enclosure, and then the T Rex goes in and he and he rips into shreds. Like I wanted to see Luchasaurus go into the room with Brock Brock Anderson, and just kick the living hell out of him you know they, he could have all that that we heard although banging and clashing and clap they could have done just done that they could have had luchasaurus in there for a minute just throwing him around and yeah yeah i, I think that would have worked better Ooh. but oh, go on. i was just going to say i think it's obviously going to continue the feud definitely with on i would say still with wardlow uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't have thought that you know wardlow's out of this now i'd say he's still involved with it yeah well, they, or they could have just put him through the wall. You know, they used to have those. Yeah, you know, they could have just done that. And, he, you know, yeah, it, it just felt yeah, like... Like a little rip on his T-shirt and a little scuff on his head. That was... Yeah, and you're like, you just like committed mass murder on him. It's, yeah, yeah. He's just there going, ow. <laughs> sending, sending the dinosaur and do dinosaur things. Yeah, I should have sent him to Jurassic Pro Wrestling at the weekend. Probably. Yeah, that's it. Go um, nice, nice, mate. Lovely bit of business. Yeah, exactly. Um... <laughs> Chris Statlander was next, um, defending the TBS title against Anna Jay. Um, obviously, there was no build to this, really. It was just announced that, that she was taking on, which, which is fine. Um, this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I don't necessarily think it was great. I just think last week, it was really disappointing against Nyla Rose. It was probably one of those watches where you ring rust and just getting back into the groove of wrestling constantly. Yeah. Um, this match had a lot more to it. It didn't have as long. I think it could have gone on like a five, five, six, seven minutes, a bit longer. Yeah. It still served its purpose. Anna Jay has improved immensely. Maybe these house show matches that she's doing is getting her that 
you know more into again more wrestling quite frequently because if you remember she was off our screens for ages uh, yeah. i know they had matt menard there and everyone was ripping him on commentary which was funny but the match itself was better than i expected it still could have been better but i think these even statlander was a lot more better this week than last week <clears throat> yeah definitely yeah any ring rust now she seems to have knocked off and she was moving well all the moves were crisp, you know, it was a good little match, I thought. Um, as you say, Anna Jay, much, much more confident in the ring. She's always had like a bit of uh, charisma about her. You know, there's yeah. always been something about Anna Jay. Um, but now, you know, she's adding to, you know, adding to her skills in the ring as well. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was a this was a, another good match. I don't think there was a bad match this week. I mean, looking looking down the card, we had three title matches. We had a trios match, and we had a, a women's match, and we had a hardcore style tornado tag match. Yeah, you know, that that's good variation as well. And yeah, I think this was a really, really strong episode this week. It was, and there's a lot to Anna J. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> plenty to like about Anna J. Yeah, certainly is. And then it's on a tee, put it on her own t shirt, didn't she? So it's yeah, not really bad, even bad attitude or something along those lines. Um, no, that's it. But uh, they announced a four-way for uh, Rampage, yeah, um, which was a uh, Brit Sky Blue. Forgive me, I can't remember the other two. Brit Sky Blue, Mercedes Martinez, and Nyla Rose. And now again, we're seeing some of these ones that when I mean, Nyla Rose is now second week in a row, if you count the, the appearance on Dynamite. So we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw Sonny Kiss being announced for Ring of Honor. Okay. So again, bringing back you know some of these ones that we hadn't seen, maybe big in the pandemic era. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tony Storm basically said they're watching, and whoever wins, they're going to they're going to annihilate. So that's that's all good. Main event time on Dynamite, and we said last week that we couldn't wait for this one. Um, Ricky Starks versus um, Switchblade Jay White, uh, and Juice was banned from ringside. Was he in that one? He was. Or was yeah, he? Juice and FTR were banned from ringside. Juice and FTR banned from ringside. Thank you. Um, really solid, 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 solid main event. I think if there was any doubts about Ricky Starks, and not so much Jay White, because you know the talent Jay White brings, but if there was any doubt that Ricky Starks isn't kind of up there in the top epichelon, epilogues, is that a word? Of uh, echelon. Something yeah, like I'm still going to be that, yeah. Yeah, uh, up there with the top stars, let's say. Yeah, let's go of AEW, it certainly proved that he could hang um, with Jay White. The interesting part of this match was there was a ref bump, so he hit Rochambeau. As he hit Rochambeau, the legs kicked the referee. I thought it was Juice coming out, but it was the guns. That ass boys. The ass boys, the guns. Yeah, they, they come out. And they attacked Starks, and it set up uh, Jay White to hit his finish. As usual, on these you know, those sorts of ref bumps, the ref crawls over, makes the cover, and Jay White wins. Solid, solid main event. I just need to know a reason why the Ars Boys got involved. Yeah, they kind of left that as a bit of a, a bit of a cliffhanger. You know, mm. what's the involvement? That's what I alluded to earlier. Are we going to see the guns? The guns join the Bullet Club, uh, and I think that would be a, a pretty good move. There's been a lot of criticism about the guns. Mm. I think it's a little bit unfair. I think they're good in the ring. I think they're great on the microphone. They were thrust into a situation that was probably they were probably weren't ready to be tag team champions. Yeah, 
but I think that was done to actually protect the acclaimed because, or, you know, they didn't want FTR to take the belts off the acclaimed and, well, yeah. and potentially damage the acclaimed. Um, so by, by the acclaimed losing to the guns in like, um, you know, circ- cheated, basically they cheated to, you know, they were cheated out of their titles. Yeah. I think that that served the acclaim better as well. So the gun, they were transitional champions, um, but I don't think they're ready for that type of status yet or that type of position on the card. But as kind of like for the Bullet Club and Jay White to kind of take it, them into their faction and, and put them under their wing, you know, I, I don't mind that at all. So perhaps we'll find out maybe they get involved with a six-man on collision as well. Um, we do. But yeah, another good matter. What, a little thing I, I loved about this is... <clears throat> I'm pretty sure the end of the match, um, after they hit the what are they, summit to Yuma, what's uh, what's the guns finisher? Something like the three ten to Yuma or something like that. Oh. Um, but they hit that three ten to Yuma, yeah, yeah. So they hit that, and I, I'm sure that was the finish, but it was a bit delayed, and the ref didn't move very quick. Yeah. So Jay White actually t- picked Ricky Starks up, yeah, and hit him Blade with the, yeah. Uh, and I think that was such a, I mean, maybe that was the plan all along, but that I hate sometimes when there's a move hit or there's a run in and there's like 20 seconds or 10 seconds go by and you get the three counts. Yeah. You know, I think by doing that and doing the additional finish helps Ricky Starks as well. And it makes, it it, it protects Ricky Starks. Yeah. It so, does. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if they'd say whether that was intentional or, or just something he did on the, on the fly, you know, um, but they both come out of this looking great. It was a great main event. Jay White showed why he was so sought after, why WWE were interested in him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it seems like they're just getting started now, and they're in uh, they're in a big match next week on the the first Collision show. Yeah, Collision main event. So it'd be interesting to see if they're on Dynamite if this hard split, or if they're going to do a hard split. I don't know what the. Yeah, and and thinking about it now, maybe this was the plan overall. Maybe Tony Khan was hoping that they could get more television time and that's why he was building the roster and that's why he got Ring of Honor in. Because all of a sudden, it's gone from a, a bloated roster and thinking there's too many there, how do you keep everybody happy, how do you use everybody, yeah. to actually now having three places, three homes, essentially, and Rampage as well. That's a yeah. bit of like a like a, an overflow car park, if you like. <laughs> so they've got their collision, they've got Dynamite, they've got Ring of Honor, and they've still got guys to, you know, three or four matches every week on Rampage moving forward. So suddenly it, everything seems quite good and quite positive for AEW. Yeah, it does. As you say, WWE have got it. WWE Raw, I've got Raw, SmackDown, NXT. So, I mean, it's free. I mean, we haven't got the overflow car. Oh, we've got main event, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> the overflow yeah. car park, um, which is, as you mentioned. <laughs> but in terms of the show itself, I thought that was one of the strongest dynamites in a while in terms of match quality. Everything kind of made sense. There wasn't anything I was a bit like, oh, what's this all about? It all kind of fell into place. It was a, it was a perfect storybook in this case. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I, I I can't criticize it. I've got very little that I can say that I didn't like. Maybe MGF, MJF went a little bit long. Yeah. Um, but I think in doing so, he really helped Adam Cole. Yeah. You know, and he's really made that match. From we've spoke about perhaps Adam Cole, but he's going to be the next challenger for MJF for a while. There's been a lot of speculation about it. Um, but how they built that in one promo was, was kind of magical, really. You know, to be able to, I'm really keen, I can't wait for that match next week now. 
Yeah. And, and prior to that promo, they had had they hadn't been in the ring together at all. Had they? No, they had no interaction whatsoever nope. um, since Adam Cole's been in um, AEW, from what I can remember. So, yeah, great job all around for everybody on the card. And it comes off the back of a really hot rampage for me last week as well. Another great dynamite. So, yeah. I'm really hope they can continue this and we can have such a great summer of wrestling. Or I know, I know that I am the pod's AEW guy. I just love wrestling. I watched Raw this week for the first time in a while. Kevin Owens against Gunther. I know we're talking about AEW, but I've got to give a shout out to that match. I've got um, to do it tomorrow, yeah? Hang on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you not done the Raw review? review no, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oh, record yeah. that tomorrow. Bit yeah. of a teaser for anybody listening now Ooh. that, um, yeah, you know, geez. we're going to be catching your Raw review tomorrow. That match was, was sensational. I won't I won't spoil it for anybody. Um, I'll leave that to you, for you tomorrow, but yeah. such a great match. Um, and yeah. yeah, wrestling's in such a good place in this at the minute in this year, this summer. Um, Punk's back, and we can kind of pick up where he left off. And the, I mean, even having him involved in a match with Jay White, because he's he's good friends with the Young Bucks, isn't he? They would yeah. did the the yeah they've been a Bullet Club at different times, yeah. and they've worked together, and they've been friends. I mean, they even did an angle when Jay White came into AEW the first time he was backstage with the young books and Adam Cole at the time. And he had his back to the camera and he had switchblade. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to think there's been some bridges built for all the, That's you know, the fighting <clears throat> and everything that happened last year after all out. So I'm so pumped and so excited to be a wrestling fan at the minute. It's great. Yeah. Every, I mean, every show, I mean, there's been a few shows this week. There's been WWE, there's been raw, there's been NXT and there's been AEW. I don't think, I've been majorly critical of anything that's come on the telly this week, as it stands anyway. SmackDown's going to, I say, I know we're talking AW, SmackDown's going to be great because of the cinema that's going to be the bloodline that plays out again. Yeah. Um, long may this continue. I hope, and I just hope that when Punk comes back, we don't, we isn't three months down the line and we have another issue. I don't know. Yeah. We don't want to keep a downer on things, but we just need to see, get Punk back. Let's see what happens. It's like what you said, Diablo. You drew a line under all that shit from last time. Let's hope he doesn't create anymore. Yeah, this is it. And he, he is a live wire, you know, and he's always got that potential. But hopefully he saw the effect that it had on the whole company yeah. and people <clears throat> that really didn't deserve it, you know. And I ain't even talking about the young books and that here because I don't know what happened and I don't know yeah. if he's in the right or the wrong. I, I would say... They were all in the wrong to a degree. Yeah. Function had done what he did in the press conference, uh, and it should have never led to kind of what it did backstage. Um, but there were people, uh, everybody in the company was affected by that. People that aren't even on camera, you know, people part of the production crew, you know, people backstage. Um, so you'd like to think for the good of the company, not be on his best behavior, but he kind of understands the influence that he has. Yeah, uh, He's such a big deal. He's such a big draw. Um, and you would think he's in a much happier situation than he was in WWE because he was quite beat up and the schedule's a bit lighter in AEW. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what's our catchphrase, mate? Uh, a rising tide raises all ships, and that seems to be what all the companies are doing at the minute. You yeah. know, MLW are putting on good shows. Ring of Honor are putting on good shows. NWA are the Crockett Cup. Impact are getting really good reviews at the oh, minute, yeah. and they're under siege pay-per-viewers arguably the best pay-per-view of the weekend a couple of weeks ago when they were all, everybody had a pay-per-view. Yeah. 
So great time to be a wrestling fan. I hope more and more people start seeing, start checking wrestling out. People that used to watch it start coming back and everybody starts watching our podcast. Well, let's get, yeah, everyone's got to start watching the podcast. Yeah, you know, if you want to get your abuse or your interviews, we've got some great ones coming up. We're not going to name them on the show. We're not going to tell you when, but you will know when we're ready to release them who's coming on. But we've got a cracking guest lined up uh, coming up very soon. Uh, we announced one yet. Well, we announced one. Well, listen, we announced Shane Douglas yesterday, uh, a two-parter with Shane. My On my bucket list, he was one of those guys that I just want on because his recollection, and I've seen a lot of his interviews, the recollection of the events, he can still visualize. He's still there. He can yeah. literally do. He will tell you where the toilet is in the arena. You know, he's that good of that. You know, in, in back in the eighties, he he could he could probably say we was in this arena, we sat in this corner. He was over there. They was over there. The vending machine was there, and he could rattle off a story. So we're really looking forward to uh, finally getting Shane on. It's taken a good few months. Lots of conversations hit back and forth, but he is coming on soon. We're going to have a two-part up with e about ECW and then about Simply Shane or Simply Franchise, I think I'd call part two. Obviously, we're now, so we've got Buff Bagwell coming on for a two-parter as well with the NWO and, and Buff the stuff. Um, the other one for next week, like I say, when we're going to release it, you'll know who it is. It's going to be a fantastic show. But on this one, Dave, thank you so much as ever for your valid uh, AEW input. Uh, I would be lost without my dynamite guru. Uh, guys, this has been the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast with me and uh, Adam Cousins, baby. There you go. There's my gimmick. Okay. Do I need to like go, <laughs> Adam Cousins, baby? Yeah, and you then... should like be under the camera and just pop <laughs> yeah, up. Like. <laughs> like, uh, and the dynamite man, Dave himself, DMD, will be reviewing AEW next week. But until then, guys. Buckle down, stay safe, goodbye. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTTBuckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.